Blog Talk Radio. Boy, oh boy, we have made it. We are here, people. It is your boy, Long Beach Joe, and we are here to talk about Adam Gaze being fired. What? What a day. It's finally come. The Jets have finally made the right decision, and they're moving forward. I'm ready to get right into it. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook. Search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I'm fired up. I am fired up. All right? The day has come. The nonsense will cease. We, we fired Adam Gage yesterday. The Jets released the press. Chris Johnson let him know that it was time to go. And let me tell you, I was happy. I was. All the misery, the pain, the dysfunction that I saw for two years of that man being here, it's over. Oh, my God, it's over. It's over. Said and done. It is now put into the past. And now we have a general manager in Joe Douglas. We have Cap. We have picks, we have assets that we can now move forward with. And we have many decisions that we need to make. And it seems to me that the Johnsons, particularly Chris Johnson, has gotten his mentals together. And we're going to discuss that. I know I got some callers on the line. I'll get to you folks in a second. So much to talk about here. I just want to talk a little bit about the Chris Johnson press conference. He comes out. He said a couple of things that really touched me and makes me start to think that maybe him, Woody, because we know Woody's coming back uh, from his position overseas. His time's coming up over there. I believe it's uh, January 21st he'll be back. He said some things on that press conference that make me think that he's changed his mindset about how he needs to be running this football team. One of those things he said, he said he was tired of losing. He was tired of losing. And that when the fans were allowed to go to the games before, you know, the situations that we're in currently in the world, they used to give him an earful. And he himself was a Jets fan before, you know, back in the days, name it and so on and so forth. And he said he, he had heard that, you know, they were tired of losing. They would give him an earful. He was done. He was over with it. He was tired of being, you know, a laughingstock. You could feel when he was saying that, that he, he was generally tired of that stuff. When he started to ask him questions about the next head coach, what are you going to do? How are you guys going to run the head coaching search? He literally said, hey, look, I'm going to run the coaching search, but it's going to be Joe Douglas, our president, our team president as well, Jaime. They're going to conduct it. Joe Douglas and, and, and the president, they're going to conduct that. You know, But he also said something that was big is that Joe Douglas's opinion carries the most weight because of his football background. And how many times have we said that? How many times have we said things like, hey, listen, let football people make football decisions? We said that a million times. It was one of the easy, that's one of the biggest issues with the Johnsons and their meddling. Let football people make football decisions. Now, there was another part that people kind of read into, but I think they read a little bit more into it than they should have. Um, you know, Johnson also, uh, Chris Johnson also did say he'll make recommendations, but the Johnsons will have the final word. Okay, now here, listen. 
Because Douglas's opinion has the most weight, because, again, he's the general manager, he's the football guy, you got to think, the Johnsons are the owners. <laughs> they're the owners. They're the guys that sign the checks. So, yeah, they're, they're going to make the final decision because they own the business. But believe me, if you have somebody that's advising you that has not only shown that they understand football, they have football intellect, which he does, right? You look at his first draft here. Pretty damn good players. Makai Becton, Mims in the second. We saw Ashton Davis flash. Hall looks like a quarter that's going to be able to succeed here. He traded Jamal Adams a box safety for two first-round picks. He's truly set us up for success in certain spots, even though we were really, really bad, right? We were bad off. This roster was bad off, right? And he's shown you intellect. And that's just here. He's done other things. When he was at the Eagles, they won a Super Bowl. He's a big part of that. He was the guy that was doing the scouting. He was the guy that was bringing guys in. So he's shown that. So he's going to let the football guy make football decisions, but he's going to have, he's going to make the final decision. He's going to be the guy to sign off on it. But I believe, I truly believe that he's going to allow Joe Douglas to let him know, hey, look, this is the guy we need to hire. This is why we need to hire this guy. This is why we need to move forward with him. And he'll go, you know what? Okay. If you say he's good, I think he's decent. He's got a clean background. I'm going to ride with what you got to say. That's truly how I believe it will go. And this is why, because he also said in that press conference as well, when asked about a possible change in the power structure in the, in the, um, in the franchise, he said that they were considering it. They were considering a change in the organiza- organizational structure, whether to have the, you know, head coach report to the GM rather, you know, than have them on equal footing, which is huge. Which is huge. That is huge. Because the issues in the past were that our organizational our organizational structure wasn't functioning well. That's why we had the issues. That's why we were always mismatching the head coach with the general manager, general manager with the head coach. We fire our general manager, but we keep Rex Ryan. Then we bring in another, you know, general manager in Idzik who him and Rex don't don't vibe together. Then we do we do it again with Mac again. We fire this guy. We bring that guy in. You look at what happened between Mac and Adam Gaze. We're hiring coaches for general managers. It just makes no sense. And the organizational structure has always been off. That's why you look at our football team, the way it's been ran, it's always off. We don't have the personnel because they don't, they don't fit the coaches, you know, the coaches' scheme. There's always some issues here. And this, this time we have a chance to clean all of that up, man. You have a chance to clean all of that up, all of it. If they change the structure and get it together so that everything is aligned, everything is going in the right way, we can finally have a functioning football franchise. Damn. Isn't that what we all want? A, a, a franchise that is all on one accord, that understands what the goal is, that everybody is pushing towards. No more nonsense. Just straight Football, building forward, trying to become a winner, trying to become a team that's constantly in the push to make the playoffs, to win Super Bowls. That's where we need to be. And you cannot be that. You cannot be a winner in this league unless your organization has structure. You'll be a loser forever. And that's where we've been. The dysfunction that we've seen in this franchise has always been because our structure is completely out of order. The Johnsons have been a huge part of that. They've always been the common denominator. They've always listened to the wrong people. They've always hired the wrong people. 
But now we have a chance to change that. We've got a chance to move forward. We've got a chance here. We've got a chance. He also talked about the next coach that he hires. He kind of wants to be more of a CEO type head coach. I know some of the, you know, the reporters that were there asked questions about Adam Gaze not focusing on the defense. That was not a surprise that he would say something like that. If you go back to when Adam Gaze literally got hired, and this is one of the things that I told people, he literally stood on a podium, okay, and said that he needed a head coach of the defense. He told y'all since he got hired that he was not going to have anything to do with the defense. He told you that. That's why they hired Greg Williams for him. He didn't hire Greg Williams. Greg Williams was hired for him. It's a fact. You can go look it up. You can go look it up. Adam Gaze was never going to have anything to do with the defense. He's never had anything to do with the defense since he's been a head coach in this league. He's always been just a one-sided guy, an offensive. uh, I'm not going to bash him. But he's always been an overrated offensive coordinator, basically, a glorified offensive coordinator. That's who he is. That's who he's always been. And when you came here, you saw that. And the final thing that he said that really, really got me going was when he talked about Sam Darnold. He talked about him kind of glowingly. He understands, you know, things didn't work out the way that everybody would have hoped this year, but he says he loves Sam Darnold. And he hopes he remains a Jet for the future. But, but, that is up to Joe Douglas. It is. It's up to Joe Douglas. But he does like Sam. So we'll see what happens going forward with Sam Darnold. We'll see what happens. Let me tell you something. We've got a chance to turn things around, truly. We've truly got a chance to turn things around here. And I like the fact that they're allowing Joe Douglas and the team president, Jaime, to go forward and figure things out. So I can't wait to get into it. Listen, I got a lot of callers. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about the possible coaches that we have coming up here. You know, the interview requests that have been sent out. And I want to ask you all a couple of questions as well about the search. I'm going to go ahead and get into it. I'm going to start. I'm going to go to the callers. I'm going to go to the callers immediately. All right. I'm going to go to my guy. E. I know I got quite a bit of callers. Please be patient tonight. Please be patient. You know what I'm saying? Be patient. I will get to everybody. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. That is the number to call in. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking to everybody tonight. The only thing I don't want, don't curse on my show. I know I may have some new callers. Do not curse on my show. I'll get you out of here fast. Fast. Faster than the Jets fired Adam Gaze after the last game. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> guy E, man. My guy E is on the line. I'm coming to you. E, what's going on, my man? I want to talk to you today. Yo, up, How are man? you doing? I want to thank you for calling in. All right, that's first and foremost. How are you feeling after hearing the news of Adam Gaze being fired? Yo, Gaze got fired so fast. Did you see what uh, Ty Johnson posted on, like, his story or something? It was like, they got back, it was like 20 minutes after they got back to the facility, the news broke. So that's pretty fast. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, I was um, I was just practicing guitar and I was my sheet music's on my computer and I got a notification from mm-hmm. the Jets website. It was like a statement from CEO Chris Johnson. I'm like, no, it's like I expected it. I don't know. I got I was screaming. I was going crazy, which I don't know why because I expected it. But like, have it be real 
was just it was yeah. great and um you know it's it's fun to celebrate about like and i was watching a live stream at the uh, jets live stream and a guy made a good point he's like this dude's so unlikable. Like, when Todd Bowles got fired, we weren't throwing parties because of it. Like, this guy, we just, that's how bad he is. And that's how, like, bad of a person he is, too. Like, he just seems like such yeah. a, just not a nice guy to be around. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there are jet, virtual Jets parties on YouTube just going crazy about him getting fired. Yeah. So, I'm I'm hyped about that. And I, what I'm even more hyped about is seeing some of those names of the candidates being interviewed. That's got me real excited. Yeah, so let's let's go right there. E. Um, when you look at the situation of some of the candidates, and like you said, they've they've already sent out you know some requests to interview. Uh, Matt Matt Eberflus was one of them. Arthur Smith was another. Brian DeBow, uh, Eric Bianimi. What are some of the like like to you? If you rank those guys just right now, again, I know they're they're probably sending out more as we're as we're speaking. Things it's still a fluid situation. Uh, who are your top top three? Out of the, out of those guys, just those names. Who are the top three guys you'd like to see become next Jets next head coach? If it's just those guys that are coming in. So other than those three, they, I just want to say one thing. They talked about getting a CEO style coach. If you're going for that, mm-hmm. I either want Matt Campbell or Pat Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald, two guys who built college programs, because that's kind of what your job okay. is when you're you know building a college program. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure, especially with Campbell, if he's going to come out from Ohio, uh, Iowa State. But out of those three, so the enemy, Eberflus, Debo. Dable. Dable is by far my favorite out of those three. And, like, not only is he a great coordinator um, and a great offensive mind, you're taking him from a division rival. So you're – and mm-hmm. he's also – he's actually coached in every single – he's coached in every single uh, team in the division, so he knows the division well. Um, he's also coached mm-hmm. defense before, so it's not like you're getting a an offensive play caller for your head coach and then a defensive play call, like you know with Adam Gates, like he didn't even have, have nothing to do with you know the defense. So I love, I really like him. The enemy I used to be higher on, just I, I I'm still high on him. It's just I've kind of been more into some of the other candidates. The, the big worry with him, obviously, is you know is he the guy making it happen in the offense? But my how I think about it, he's clearly involved. And he's, you mm-hmm. know, he's learning there, and Andy Reid backs the guy pretty well. So I, I'd be cool mm-hmm. with him. And Eberflus, that defense isn't the most talented defense, and they're playing great. They got Xavier Rhodes, who was terrible last year, playing real well again. They got, you know, they have, a, like, two, like, quote, studs who everyone knows about in Buckner mm-hmm. and Leonard and not really other guys. And, like, the only downside about getting a – a defensive coordinator is like, let's say your offensive coordinator does a great job. Well, then you're going to lose him to being a head. You know, he's going to become a head coach. So you got to, your quarterback's got to learn new offense, stuff like that. That's my only worry with that, but I, I'd be super glad with all three of those. Yeah. Yeah. And even just, just touching on some of the things that you brought up, I, you know, I like the, the guys right now. I mean, three of the guys that I wanted that we talked about for months, Arthur Smith, uh, Eric B and Brian DeBow, I, those were my my three guys, and I had like Greg Roman uh, was my fourth. But one of the things that I hear t- hear talk about when you talk when you talk about being and that's something I've heard as well from other people. They wonder, you know, how involved he is in the offense. He is involved in the offense. He's on that staff, so he's a guy that's working with that game plan. He's a guy that's helping Andy Reid put it together. That was one of the big reasons why Andy Reid was so has been so successful since leaving Philly as well. Has stayed so successful because he always gets good you know, younger offensive minds around him that continue to help him, you know, evolve with the game, continue to help him 
find, you know, ways to implement his scheme in different ways. And again, there's two guys that came from that coaching tree and Doug Peterson, you know, you've seen what he's done in Philadelphia and then Matt Nagy in Chicago. Those guys have won other places that they went, particularly Doug Peterson. We saw him literally go somewhere else, win a Super Bowl, and it wasn't even with his starting quarterback. He adjusted his scheme for Foles to continue to push forward when, uh, when their starter had went down, and they continued to push and won a Super Bowl that year. So when you talk about the guys that are coming off that staff there uh, in Kansas City and, and seeing and having success, I mean, I love Eric B., especially, again, when we're talking about, you know, the things that we're talking about, the situation that we are in here, uh, we're trying to groom and mature a young quarterback, whether it be where we stick with Sam Darnold, whether it be that, or whether it be that we draft another guy. We've got to figure out how to utilize young quarterbacks, how to get the best out of them and benefit their skill set. So he could be a guy that can do that. I like the bold as, as well, too. You brought up some great points. Uh, one of the points I brought up earlier was his, his ability to help uh, Josh Allen get to the next level because we all knew that Josh Allen's mechanics were horrific. Uh, he had issues with accuracy, all those things. And the accuracy bold and that was staff, terrible, together, yeah. Yeah, it was horrific. It was horrific. He was able to put some things together around that kid, and now we've seen him be successful, man. I mean, he's an MVP candidate, like real talk. Like, not, not, he went from, yeah. oh, this guy's a glorified running back. I said it. I did say that. And uh, to now he's an MVP candidate, and he is pushing and leading that team. But I want to go to something else that you talked about because you talked about the college coaches, you know, Matt Campbell and a couple other guys. Are you concerned that if we do go the college coach route, we do get a guy from college, that there'll be a, a bit of a learning curve in the NFL, right? Because we've seen college coaches in the past come in to the NFL, even some college coaches that have been extremely successful in college come to the NFL and they just can't, they can't get it together quickly. They can't get it together right away. And it takes them quite a bit of time before they're really able to adjust to the NFL game. Are you concerned about that if we go the college route? I'm not incredibly worried about it. A lot of the college guys I'm looking at are going to fill that more CEO-type role. They're not really going to be necessarily be play callers, so they don't have to worry about mm-hmm. that too much. And I'm very interested in bringing a veteran, a former head coach as a coordinator, whether it's like if you mm-hmm. go a defensive coordinator, you can get a guy like Marv Lewis or which is Dan Quinn from Atlanta, like guys who have been a head coach who may have not had much success as head coach. But, hey, Dan Quinn, he made a Super Bowl, and – He's been a good defensive coordinator in the past, so I'd look to that. So a guy who can kind of, mm-hmm. you know, help the first, you know, the the first year guy. But I'm not too worried about, you know, college versus NFL because, like, especially with these guys like Iowa State and Northwestern and like the other college guys you were talking about, PJ Fleck from Minnesota. They're not the guys. They're not getting the, you know, the the best recruits and stuff. So you're kind of, they're already kind of having to fight through a bit of adversity for not having the best rosters. So you kind of have that mm-hmm. bonus with them, like. Like, my issue with, like, let's say we got Dan Mullen or someone, like, from Florida, and I'm, I'm like, a casual – I'm not a huge Florida fan. I'm, like I, – I guess they're my favorite team, but, like, I wouldn't hire someone like that because, I, I don't know, he, he hasn't been – he's a good coach, but compared to those guys, like, I think those guys do more with less. So that's what I mm-hmm. like about those three college guys. But I'm, I'm not honestly too worried about, you know, the transition because, you know, Matt Rule's been – you know, he's not winning games, but – He's got that team playing incredibly well. And um, mm-hmm. thinking about some other recent college guys, not really coming up to come to my head. But, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in that, yeah. Okay, okay. And my final question before I let you go, you are, you're bringing the fire, man. Let me tell you is, how much faith do you have okay. in Joe Douglas to find the right guy, man? How much faith do you have in him? Oh, I, I got a lot of faith in that. Not going to lie, man. Like, 
a lot of people are talking about, oh, well, his, you know, his free agency uh, wasn't great. Well, you kind of can't blame him because he knew the team was going to suck. He's not going to tell the, you know, the media, oh, we're, we're going to lose a lot this year, but uh, uh, who cares? Like, you know, people have been crit- criticizing his moves. I thought he had a really you know, a great draft class, honestly, and he's a guy who preaches culture, which this team desperately needs. He's a well-respected football guy. Yeah. He's been around the league a ton, so it's not like he's some financial guy like a Idzik or something. He's a football guy, and I think he'll he'll really understand. And also, people worried about it saying the the owner gets the final decision. The owner gets the final decision in everything. They're the one paying the check. They're they fact. own the team. So yeah, so yeah. it's still Joe. You know, Chris Johnson is not going to tell Joe Douglas he knows something more about football than he does. So I'm not worried about that either. <laughs> but it should be really interesting, and hopefully it happens sooner rather than later because. We got a lot to talk about draft and free agency wise. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So listen, yeah, I want to thank you for calling in, man. You have a good night. Gaze is gone, my man. He's gone. Woo! Let's go play that draft camp for me. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> All right, you I have a good night. Have a good one. Listen, E calling in with the fire. E calling in with the fire. Listen, there's so much to talk about. I'm hyped. I'm really, really excited about the future of this football team and where we can go. And one of the things that E brought up as well, I'm going to keep going to these callers in just one second, uh, is a lot of people were banging on uh, Joe Douglas because of his free agency. There were some people saying, you know, on my timeline as well, well, you know, I mean, his free agency didn't look good. How do we know that he can really make some choices? Yeah, he got some decent uh, draft picks in. Listen. I looked at the situation in free agency as this. There were some guys out there, you know, that could have came in here and helped us, particularly a wide receiver. But, again, I look at the way that he may have evaluated some of those guys. Outside of Joe Thune, which I think he was going to go after, there were reports that we were absolutely going to, you know, pound the pavement to make sure that we gave him whatever he wanted to get to get him into our facility before the Patriots franchised him. That was one of our top targets in free agency. I mean, the reports were everywhere that the Jets were going to chase him down and bring him into the facility and not, you know, let him out of there until he was a Jet, point blank, period, right? So I think Joe, Joe Thune was a guy that he wanted, the guy that he coveted, but the rest of the guys, maybe he just felt like, hey, I don't want to overpay for some of these guys. And if you look at the situation, particularly if you go back and look at Mike McCagney, he would thoroughly overpay for guys all the time, Right. That was one of the reasons why we were so bad and we were at where we were at. Look at how free agency has burned us in the past. There's, there's you know, fans right now that want to trade away uh, Mosley because he hasn't played, you know, in Denver two years. He's only played like two games in two years. He's been hurt, you know, and then he opted out this season, but he's making $18 million a season as an inside linebacker. Look at how the, the deal of Tremaine Johnson burned us. Whoa. <laughs> Woo. That was horrific. <laughs> That was bad. That deal was terrible. And look at how it look at how much it cost us. You know what I'm saying? Look at look at how it uh how it burned us on the back end. So overspending in free agency or just going out to free agency and chasing guys does not always equal success. And we've seen that. I mean, we've overpaid so many guys. We love Le'Veon Bell, but honestly, he was a running back. We paid him fourteen million dollars to come in here. I don't think you know any other team in the league would have done that. And we we were bidding against ourselves in that situation as well. And we ended up paying him quite a bit. You know what I'm saying? But did it lead to any you know, kind of success here. No, 
It was nothing. So now if we can get structure, if we can get organizational structure, we have a general manager in the building that is not going to get abused, that is not going to get used, that's going to, you know, build through the draft because that's what you should be doing as a franchise and a, and a general manager that's also going to be very, very smart about how he spends his money and what he's doing. You know, I, I think we have a chance. The only thing I knocked him on was his handling of the wide receiver position. I think he could have done more there. Absolutely. Particularly in the draft too. But, you know, I think that's just how he played out free agency and how he looked at it. So I'm going to get back to these callers. Salute to my guys in the chat as well. My savages, if this is your first time listening to me, uh, if you're just listening to me on, on the radio, I also live stream uh, during my uh, shows as well on Long Beach Joe Jets. That is a YouTube page where you can catch me on my live stream, Long Beach Joe Jets. You can subscribe, turn on your notica- notifications for those. But my guys in the chat be going off, okay? And I call them the savages. Why? Because they savage, okay? Nobody's safe. Not me, not Adam Gates. <laughs> not even Adam Gates. <laughs> so, I'm going to go to my guy. I'm going to keep getting to these lines. I got quite a bit of callers. Again, everybody, be patient. I will get to everybody. <laughs> I'm going to get to my guy, 661. 661, I'm coming to you. I wanted to get your thoughts about uh, Gates being fired. Uh, I want to get your thoughts about Gays being fired, and I also want to get your thoughts about Joe Douglas, um, you know, being on top of that coaching search. How are you feeling today? I know you're a new caller. Give me your name and where you're from. Can you hear me? 661, this is you. I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What is your name? Where you're from? I'm, my name is Jason, and I'm from California. So, yeah. Oh, okay. That's good, good to hear from you, Jason. Absolutely. How are you? So, um, uh, how are you feeling about Adam Gates being fired? Oh my goodness, dude! It feels good finally. All this torture, all this horrible plane calling, all this just just downhill after downhill after downhill. It's finally over. Mm-hmm. Now we can we can take ourselves seriously now, and now we can go find a coach and start building and start fixing this franchise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Out of some of the, the head coaches that we have, you know, in the tuck right now, guys that we are, you know, sending out uh, interviews for, uh, Eberflus, Arthur Smith, Eric Bianini, Brian DeBow, who is the guy that's your top guy that you like to see the Jets bring in? Um, the number one I would like to see in is Brian DeBow. He has shown with multiple QBs he can he can um, build around and he could develop. Again, the new, the newest, the best one he has done is Josh Allen, a QB that mm-hmm. had accuracy issues, has now bought to, like you said, MVP. So I would like to bring him in, and he can help us with um, if either it's Sam or Justin Fields or whoever's going to be our next QB. So he's okay. on my number okay, yeah. one. Bernie's my second. And then um, for my college would probably be Matt. Badwell and also the uh, Ravens um, defensive coach as well. Okay, so you like the Ravens defensive coach as well. When you look at the situation here, this is my final question before I let you go, is that where do you think we rank on the on the, the list of attractive head coach openings? Because, I mean, you got the Jags, you got the Chargers, you got the Texans, you got the Lions, you got the Falcons. Where do we rank on that list, man? Um, to be honest, we ranked about in the middle. I think out of the six was the three. I think Jaguars has us passed, and I think Chargers has has passed a bit. But besides that, I think we're third. 
Okay. You think so you're I, I, right. I think I listen. Than, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So I was going to say, we all hired in the Texans, and we are all hired in the Lions. Those two, and Falcons as well. Okay. Yeah, I respect that, man. Hey, listen, Jason, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. It was phenomenal to speak to you. Next time I have a show, man, I want you to call in. You're a heck of a fan, and you know your stuff, all right? All right, man. Thank you, man. Jets all. Let's go. All right, you, Make this new season go. Absolutely. J-A-T-S, Jets all. Absolutely. Peace. Woo, that was my guy, Jason, on the line, man. Jason, 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 bringing it, bringing the fire, man, bringing the fire. We're going to keep going to these lines, though. We're going to keep going to these lines. Next guy I am coming to, all right, is a guy that absolutely brings the fire, okay? Brings the fire. My guy, Dwayne, man. My guy, Dwayne, I got to talk to Dwayne, huh? Because you already know he's going to talk that talk. Dwayne, how are you doing today? Let me get your thoughts on Adam Gaze being fired, my friend. Well, I'm I'm doing okay with the Adam Gates firing. I never wanted him in the first place, so I'm happy to be here okay. today to see him go. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but um, I, you know, this is my thing. The Jets fans are very jaded, so I don't know why they didn't think he was going to get fired this year. Um, I knew it. I knew he was gone. My thing was, who's the next coach, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the Jets fans are scaring me because. Who is Matt Campbell? I'm not sure who Matt Campbell is and Pat Fitzgerald. When when mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, the way people talk about him, they sound like Rex Ryan, and that's what I'm scared about. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you ask, okay. hey, hey what, what is he good at? What is he good at? Oh, he's fiery. He, you know, he rallies his team together, and, you know, he turned around. I'm like, great. Does he run trick plays? Does he blitz well? What does he, what does he do? That, I'm sorry, one second. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so I'm trying to figure out what is he good at, and then we have mm-hmm. we have Dable that he's in he's in uh, the NFL. He just developed a quarterback. We got Greg Roman. He developed a quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we got Joe Brady who developed the offense. So you know that's what's scaring me about this Jets upcoming uh, coach thing. I don't want to get a guy that he's just known for culture changes. But what does he do mm. during the XOs? You know what I mean? That's what okay. I want. Okay, go X-O's. ahead, talk about it. You know, and so far, Dable, look what he did. Look, man, listen, I liked um, Josh Allen coming out of college. Don't get me wrong, I did. Mm-hmm. But his mechanics were terrible, um, and he didn't really look that much like a quarterback. He looked like he was an athlete at quarterback. So now that I've seen him change his mechanics and all that stuff like that, should we look at that and say, listen, this is the guy we should get for a young quarterback. It all makes sense to me instead of the mythical, oh, he yells at his team during during halftime and they rally around him. I don't want that guy again. That was Rex Ryan. Mm. You know what I mean? I I want the XNOs guy, and I know he's not CEO, whatever, Dayball. We don't know that yet, but at least we know he Mm. can put an offense you know what I mean? So that's what I okay. want. So, no, and, and listen to me. I hear you. And that, that's, that's, that's a very good take. That was kind of along the lines of some things that I've said in the past as well about who the next coach and hire should be. This was before Gabe got fired. And I said some of the same things as well, that we need a guy that's going to be able to utilize or understand 
how to utilize young quarterbacks and from the X and O standpoint, be able to better this football team. So I, I do think that that is a good take. When you look at the situation, though, I know you like the bowl quite a bit. What are your thoughts about Eric B. or Arthur Smith? Because those are guys that are kind of, you know, they're offensive coordinators in the ring. They, they have also fixed or helped groom young quarterbacks as well. Would you let, take either one of those guys too? You know, it's going to sound weird. I would love Eric Bieniemy to coach the Chargers. It sounds funny. Okay. But when it comes to the Jets, I'm scared. Uh because we don't exactly know what his impact on the Chiefs is, right? I Can you stand there and watch a great coach coach and, and create a great offense? Can you stand there and watch him and learn a lot from him just watching? How, you know, is that enough of an impact on the animation? If he's on the staff, if he's on the staff, and so if you're on the staff, you're just not, you're not a water boy. Like, you're not, you're not like a popcorn vendor. They don't just bring you around and like, you know what I'm saying, squirt Gatorade in everybody's mouth. He's on the staff, so he helps put the game plan together. Like, he's one of the young, he's one of the minds that's in that room with Andy Reid saying, okay, I see this, I watched tape on this, this, and this. This is what we should target. Here's some of the plays we should draw up. He's one of the guys that's a part of bettering that offense and putting things together and coaching. He's not just a guy just, like, sitting around. Andy Reid ain't got no guys just sitting around. That's why guys, again, like Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, leave that situation and go other places, and they're successful. It's because they've learned. They've been around this, that, this staff, a great staff. So, you know, go ahead. No, no, I value that. I value him being there mm-hmm. and putting apart. But – there's multiple things to being a head coach that I think you can't, unless you, you're, you're proven and good at this, that you can't get mm-hmm. away with on the Jets without being good at those things. You know what I mean? Like every time mm-hmm. you ask somebody, hey, uh, does he, is he calling plays? What is he doing? Is he talking to Pat Mahomes? And they say, no, Pat Mahomes, after a drive, he comes back to the QB coach. I'm like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. so he 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 does that. So I'm kind of wondering what what his skills really are, because during the game you have a game plan for maybe a quarter, and then you got to coach the you got to call plays the rest of the way through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, no, yeah, that's what know, I'm wondering. Yeah. No, I hear your perspective. I hear your perspective, Dwayne. So my next question for you is, when you look at the head coaching spots that are open, Jags, Chargers, Texans, Lions, Falcons. Where do we rank on that list as far as uh, attractiveness? Where do you think we are at this point? I can tell you this. I don't I don't know where we rank, but I think for a hungry head coach, we look good. I think for the ones mm. that are kind of um, top of the line, Urban Meyer, um, maybe even the Matt Campbell, the most coveted guys or whatever the case may be, I don't think mm. we look like the best. Um, like, like I was looking at what we can do, I think – I think we're going to draft fields. I think the coach that comes in is going to draft fields. I think they're going to want their okay. own quarterback, um, which I'm okay with because, you know, we have draft capital for the next two years. And if we if, if fields yeah. is freaking is Sean Watson, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool with that. If he's Deshaun Watson, you know, I'm cool with that. We could get a guard and move on. But I think for the hungry coaches, the enemies, um, you know, some of the some of the coaches that are they have opportunities but they're not the most coveted. I think they're looking at the mm-hmm. Jets. But the most coveted guys, I don't think they're looking at the Jets like that, to be honest. 
Wow, so you don't think we'll end up with any of the top guys then? Okay, okay. No, I, I doubt right. well, Myers look. Okay, okay. Well, listen, Dwayne, I respect that, man. I want to thank you for calling in. I got to keep getting to these lines. There's quite a bit of callers here, and I'm going to get to everybody, man. You have a good night, my friend. Thank you very much. Great show. Absolutely. Thank you. Whew, Dwayne calling with the fire. We're going to keep getting to these lines. I'm going to go to my guy Steve next, man. My guy Steve has been on this line. I know he's ready to talk, all right? We're getting ready to talk. Listen, Steve, first off, salute to you. Thank you for calling in. What are your thoughts on Adam Gaze being fired, my friend? Oh, my God. Joe, oh, my God. Let me tell you something. Before I get into that, there's something I got to say about that, okay? Let me just tell you something. When I first became a New York Jets fan, the first head coach that the Jets had was Herm Edwards, okay? And that was in the early 2000s when we had Herm Edwards. When he was let mm-hmm. go after 2005, you know, it was I, I was disappointed, but you know what? It was time to move on. Then from 2006 yeah. to 2008, we had Eric Mangini. And, you know, Eric Mangini, he did some good things. He did things towards the end that wasn't good. It was time to move on. And, I mean, I was, a, I was a little bummed out about it, too, with him, but it was time to move on after that horrific end of the 08 season. Then we go to mm-hmm. 2009. We bring in Rex Ryan. And Rex Ryan, to this day, is one of my favorite head coaches the New York Jets have ever had ever since I was a fan of this team. Then, you know, he, he did a lot of great things, two back-to-back AFC championship games. Obviously, the next few years didn't work out. Listen, I was devastated when Rex was gone, but, but, but then we moved on. And then we went to Todd Bowles. Listen, Todd Bowles was a nice guy. He almost got us back to the playoffs back in 2015. He was a nice guy. He was well-respected. He just didn't know how to head coach, so he was gone. Then we go to Adam Gaze, okay? You know, I got to tell you something. Usually a lot of people would be disappointed, you know, after someone gets fired. But let me tell mm-hmm. you, when when Christopher Johnson posted that statement last night after 9 o'clock time on the East Coast, 6 o'clock time on the West Coast where you are, let me tell you something, Joe. I was the happiest person ever. I was going through so much anxiety after the game thinking, my God, when is he getting fired? When is he getting fired? When is he getting fired? Yeah. And then when Christopher yeah. Johnson posted that, that that letter to the Jets fans and to the media about everything that happened, it was like, oh my God, I just wanted to celebrate. I wanted to dance. I was singing. I was like, Oh, my God. Thank God the Lord. Guess what, Adam Gates? You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> Listen, Steve bringing oh, a fire it's already. <laughs> Listen, Steve already bringing a fire. Listen, Steve, we, we got to keep going. <laughs> we got to keep going, though. I want to get your thoughts. I know you're happy about Gates being fired, but what are your thoughts about uh, Chris Johnson talking about a possible structure change where they, they may change the way that the reporting structure happens where, you know, the head coach probably from now on, if they change the structure is now going to report to the general manager instead of them both being on equal footing and reporting to the owners. What are your thoughts about that possible change? Let me, 
Yes. So let me tell you something right now. I never got a chance to watch the full interview today of Christopher Johnson. I'm probably Mm going to watch it a little later tonight before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. But I did some clips of it. Let me tell you something. This is the first time that I ever listened to Christopher Johnson be really angry with himself of what he has done. But he finally realized that Adam Gaze was not the right person for the job. And he knows mm-hmm. that this team needs to go into the right – it needs to be moved into the right direction. Listen, to, I, I said this last night on Twitter. You know, I, I tagged you in that post, you know, we're free mm-hmm. finally. And, you know, <laughs> and you know something? Listen, listen. I understood, you know, from players today, you know, of when, they, of when Joe Douglas and Christopher Johnson spoke to everybody in the indoor facility today, told them about what yeah. happened with Adam Gates. You know, listen – Players have every right to be disappointed, you know, with Adam Gaze, you know, being let go. And it's understandable on their part. Absolutely understandable. But they knew it was time for a change. Even Makai Becton even said uh, today in his final interview that it was time for a change. And, you know, something, let me tell you this. I trust Joe Douglas very much. Joe Douglas is a football guy. And the thing is that I do like what Christopher Johnson did say. Now, listen. Christopher Johnson does have a right to be part of the interviewing when the interviewing does happen with the coaching, but he is going to let Joe, Mm -hmm. he, hang on, Joe. He is going to let Joe Douglas make the final decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, at the end of the day, and and again, that was a part I think people were reading too much into, uh, he's going to be, he doesn't deserve the right. It's his team. He owns it. He definitely should be in there, you know, at least listening to the guy or being a part of the, of the, the decision in the search, but he shouldn't have as much say as a guy that knows more than him about the situation, period. Listen, if you knew football, you wouldn't hire Adam Gage. That, that's his, I mean, I don't know how much plainer I can make that, Steve. But listen, you, you bring in some great takes. My final question before I let you go is who is the head coach that you want to see brought in here, man? Are you an Eric B guy? Do you like Brian DeBold? Do you like Arthur Smith? Who do you like, man? Let me tell you something. I said this on Twitter earlier today. I don't know if you saw it. I'm uh, listen. I would be happy with Eric the Enemy because I do like Eric the Enemy's coaching style. But there's one person I would love the Jets to to, to go after, and and mm-hmm. the, and the and the person I want the Jets to go after is Arthur Smith. And for Jet fans listening out there, I want you to listen to me. Listen, Arthur Smith, what he has done to Tennessee's offense this year and last year. He has made Ryan Tannehill a superstar, okay? Everybody always all used to say Ryan Tannehill sucks. Look at what he has done. Okay, yes, he has probably the best running back in the league in Derrick Henry. But listen, he, Ryan Tannehill has really revamped his career because of Arthur yep. Smith. And Arthur Absolutely. Smith is the guy who I would love the, the Jets to have. And if Sam Darnold does say, if he does say, if the new head coach and Joe Douglas still believe in Sam, because listen, I still think Joe Douglas still believes in Sam. I got a little emotional today when Sam Darnold said his interview, I want to be here still. You know, I know Jet fans saying that Sam should move on and go to somewhere else. Listen, it's going to really depend on what the new coach does. We need to do something with the new coach first. When the new coach yeah. gets hired, and after all the interviewing, and when he has the when he has 
his his conference to the to the media the first time about his hiring. Then we go to work, and then we see what Sam yeah. does. But Jet fans, we are heading in the right direction now. Adam Gage, you're fired. Goodbye. Yep. But Joe, absolutely. One Hey, Joe. Steve, bring the I fire. Go, go ahead. Yeah, so before, before I go, go ahead. in, there's one last thing I want to tell you. I took a, a quick stream at your live stream. I know you always do a great job with your live stream, too. Unfortunately, it looks like we got some angry Bills fans that are going on your live stream right now. I mean, I mean, listen, it's just it's just they're telling us, oh, we got to pick up Nathan Peterman, draft a kicker in the second round. You know what? Bills, Bills fans can go can go screw off somewhere. You know, you won your AFC East title. Now you got to show it in the playoffs. Steve bringing the fire. All right, Steve. Listen, I'm going to let you go, Steve. I got to keep going to these lines. 559, I'm coming to you next. Listen, I want to thank you, you for calling you, in, Joe. Steve. You have a good night. Joe, you go for man. Good night. Absolutely. Good night. Whew. Listen, Steve bringing the fire before he, he goes. You know, I understand. I got a lot of different fans from different uh, from different teams in my chat that love to go off, that love to go back and forth. I'm with it. You know, I didn't have some of these Bills fans, the angry Buffalo uh, sports fan, I see you, my man. I see you, baby. You know what I'm saying? You upset because we might get the ball? You know, I'm not tripping. I understand. I understand. But when we do, you know what I'm saying, recoup and we get back together, you're going to have to see us, though. And then we're going to see what's up. You know what I mean? We're going to see what's up in the future. But enjoy yourself. 559, I'm coming to you. I'm coming directly to you. I think this is my guy, Randy. I think this is Randy. I'm not sure. This is Randy uh, from Randy, the chat. You. That's what I'm talking about. This is about. me from the chat, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Now, listen. <laughs> savage. You understand this? This this man is a savage. I, everybody in the chat, straight savages. Do you understand this? <laughs> Salute to you, Randy. Thank you for calling. I appreciate in, you, brother. Man. All right. I listen, appreciate you. Let's it. talk about this. How are you feeling about Adam Gaze getting fired? Dude. Black Monday? Brother, this is a red letter day, dude. <laughs> I've never been more happier the Monday after a season in my life. And before we answer any questions, let me say this. I'm going to go with, come back to what Steve was saying. I appreciate everything Steve said. I love Steve. I could watch a game with that boy. I love Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan is one of the best head coaches the Jets had in the last 30 years. Nobody has ever came into this building and done what Rex Ryan did and it wasn't Rex Ryan that dismantled this team. It was the stupidity of management letting good guys walk and replacing them with guys that weren't worth bull doo doo. So that's talk all that I'll say talk, about Randy. that. Talk <laughs> that talk, Randy. You already know how I'm feeling. When you look at this situation now, though, and like you said, management made big mistakes. You brought in uh, Idzik. Okay, that started to ruin it. The issue 12, his horrific draft, all that stuff. Well, it looks like we turn, we're trying to turn things around, Randy. All right? Chris Johnson sit back and says, hey, our, our team president, Joe Douglas, they're going to conduct the search. You know what I'm saying? Of course, Joe Douglas's opinion carries the most weight. You know, he's letting these guys figure things out. He's going to have the final decision. What are your thoughts about that, man? Do you trust Joe Douglas to get the next head coaching hire right? Well, man, I'm a 25-year Jet fan, so I just don't give my trust out just willingly anymore because I've been burned That's so okay. many times. Okay. 
Okay. Um, but I'll say this. Joe Douglas, I don't think we've had a GM like him since Tannenbaum. Mm-hmm. Granted, Tannenbaum never got to uh, ever have sole say of who was head coach in this ball club. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Chris Johnson came out and said that mm-hmm. showed me that Chris Johnson admitted defeat, guilt, and that he screwed mm-hmm. up, dude. And I was mm-hmm. proud of him for that. I was really mm-hmm. proud of Chris Johnson for what he, what he said earlier. And so if this is what we're going to start doing, if this is the way it's going to be, dude, hallelujah. It's about time. <laughs> that's I mean, facts. seriously. That's facts. Yeah, that, that's facts. So when you, All the Johnsons need to do is cut the paychecks, brother. That's a fact. That's a fact. And, and another thing that he talked about in that press conference as well, I want to get your thoughts about, is the, the possible change in the power structure. You know, that they're, they possibly are looking at changing it from, you know, the GM and, and, the, and the coach reporting to them to the, the head coach reporting to the general manager and then the general manager reporting to the owner. What do you think is the importance of that, Randy? Do you think that's something that the Jets should absolutely do? Oh, that's totally important because it keeps, it keeps structure within the organization because mm-hmm. that's, we didn't have that with Adam Gates. I mean, we saw what happens when, when you got the head coach and the GM trying to run the ship. They crashed talk and burned. Talk, Randy. Talk that talk, Randy. So now you finally talk got some talk. structure. The staff answers to the coach. The coach answers to the GM. The GM answers to the owner the way it should be. That's how it – hey, let me tell you something. That's how it goes on in New England. And they got six Super Bowls in 20 years. Okay? Right. So, I mean, you got to – Randy, you're bringing the fire right now, man. You're bringing the fire right now. I mean, everything's burning down around me. Randy, I'm trying to save myself. <laughs> I, everything's on fire around me right now. You're bringing the fire, dude. You're speaking truth. You're speaking truth. Uh, I appreciate I'm gonna, that. I'm going to keep going with you. I'm going to keep going with you, man. Listen, I, wanna, I want you to tell me what type of head coach are you looking for. Because I know that they talked about a CEO type head coach. But some people are saying, hey, we want more of an offensive-minded coach. We want a defense. Some people want a defensive-minded coach in here. They want to try to get as close as they can to another Rex Ryan. What kind of coach are you looking for, man? Are you a guy that wants an offensive mind, another offensive mind in here to help get this offense together? What do you want? I just want a guy who can come in here, whether he's offensive-minded, defensive-minded. I, someone totally opposite of Gates. I mean, that's just basically it. <laughs> Someone who's got a hands-on approach, someone who's yeah. going to, you know, admit when he's wrong, try to change mm-hmm. things off of that. Mm-hmm. But as far as guys that we're looking at, um, I don't have a problem going out into the college ranks, the collegiate route. Okay. Because if you okay. ask me, the, co- the, the pro game looks a lot like the college game anyway. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, a, okay. it's just a matter of adjustment at the next level, it, you know, it's, it's more of a business at the yeah. next level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got more, there's more, there's more duties. I mean, there's no doubt there's more duties when you go to the next level. So it, it's a bit of an adjustment, but as far as guys that we're looking at, man, uh, I like the guy from Kansas city. I mean, he's, he's sitting under a hall of fame coach. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the dude from Buffalo, man. Or the guy from Carolina, Joe okay. Brady. Either either one of those three, dude, and I'm ball game with it. Let's rock and roll going to 2021 okay. with some games. Okay, okay. 
Okay. Look, I, I think those are all, you know, possible good good head coaching hires. I really, really do. I like the bowl as well. I know I got a lot of angry Bills fans in my chat right now. <laughs> Thinking about mm. the possibility of us getting him really makes them upset. I, why are you guys so salty? <laughs> I don't understand it. But I like Eric B as well. He's one of my top guys. And I also like Arthur Smith too. So I definitely, you know, I like those those possible head coaching hires as well. Uh, bringing those guys in would definitely help us, you know, do what we need to do and get better here. But, Randy, I got to ask you, man, another thing that was talked about was Sam Darnold. I know we haven't talked in just a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on Sam Darnold um, and just his possible future here. That's going to be my last question before I let you go. Sure, right on. No, uh, as far as Darnold goes, I don't have a problem with Darnold. The kids can play. But the kids got nothing in front of them. Tom Brady, dude, if, Tom, if we would have went out and got Tom Brady last year like the Buccaneers did, he'd have retired after week one, dude. So, I mean, you got to – I mean, this is where I'm at. with. If they want to trade that pick for a ransom, go for it. But you, mm-hmm. be, you better build the hell out of this team around this kid if you're going to go yeah. that route. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to keep him upright. You know what won the Patriots – won the Patriots six Super Bowls in 20 years? A quarterback that's still like a statue in the pocket every dang week, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what that's, that's how you that's can see the NFL. You got to keep your quarterback off his butt. Yeah. So if they want to keep yeah, Donald, I'm fact. totally cool with it. If they want to draft the quarterback, I'm cool with that. But you got to build the team around the quarterback, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fact right there. And that's something that, again, that the new coach is going to have to, you know, I'm pretty sure that Joe Douglas has an idea of what he wants to do, you know, dealing with Sam Darnold, but that's also going to be something that the new coach is going to have input on there, on as well. Cause you don't want to stick a, a new head coach with, you know what I'm saying? Just any, any old quarterback and say, Hey, this is what you're going to do. That may push away uh, quite a bit of head coaching candidates as well. But we've heard, you know, that the new coach and, and Joe Douglas are definitely going to have their say in that. But my final question before I let you go, cause I want to ask you one more before you go ahead. Where do you think we rank in this market with of teams that have head coaching openings? Because the Jags, they got a lot of money. You know, they have the first pick in the first round. The Chargers, they have talent. I mean, that kid Herbert looks phenomenal. You look at the Texans, they got Deshaun Watson. You know, the Lions have Matthew Stafford. They have some pieces they can put together. The Falcons, you know, their ownership is very involved. They want to win. It's a city that's ready to go. They also have some players as well. Where do you rank us in that, in that you know, that circle, man? Where, where, where are we at? Well, you got to look at it this way. Over in well, I can't say San Diego anymore. Over in Los Angeles, it's just like yeah. you said with the Atlanta, with Atlanta. Ownership's too involved. It's like that's how that's what the Jets' problem was. Ownership was too dang involved. Mm. So now, if you're a head coaching candidate and you're sitting back looking at all these jobs, yeah, Los Angeles is sexy. They got a great quarterback. Mm. I already said that kid's going to be a star in this league. Whew. Let me tell. But you. when you look at what, oh, absolutely. But when you look. And what was said in that press conference and that little quote that was put on social media, you got to sit back and tell yourself, okay, so their ownership, so all I got to do is answer to a GM, really. And this GM looks like he knows what he's doing. And even if that, he, even if that coach doesn't want Sam Darnold, you got to look at these picks, man. Pick one and pick two, it's basically one and one A, especially after you watch Justin Fields light it up the other night. And if he beats Alabama – Oh, dude. You can't even say Jacksonville might not even be looking at Justin Fields. You cannot say that. I mean, it, he, he looks sexy the other night. If he, if he comes down and does that again against Alabama, oh, dude. Dude, 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 dude. 
one and one A, man. That's all. That's the way I look at it. And I think a head coach, if he's looking at that, I think he's looking at the same way, especially with the quarterback prospects. Okay. And even if you don't okay. want to go quarterback, yeah. I'd be okay with that guard, that uh, that offensive lineman out of uh, what is a whole, uh, Oregon, I think it is. Out of Oregon, so well, uh, yeah. Big old dude. I mean, pairing him yeah. with like a guy like Beckton. Mm. Mm. There's your you. anchors for the next ten to fifteen. Yeah. Randy, you talking facts, man. You talking straight facts. I got to get back to these callers, Randy. Listen, man, you got to call in more often, Randy. You know I love talking to you. We go back and forth on social media. We go back and forth in the chat, my man. So, listen, Absolutely. you got to call in, my friend, next time I have a show. I love talking to you about these Jets. You know your stuff, man. Will do, my brother. You take care. And Happy New Year, Joe. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. You have a good one, man. Have a good night. You too, brother. Take care. Take care. Randy, man, listen. Listen, man, okay? There's just there, there's guys that call in. Again, you can call in 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. I'm coming to my guy, Bayo, next. But listen, call in, man. I love talking to everybody. Again, all my savages in the chat, Randy, Venom G's, Roach, everybody, Portway, everybody to be in the chat, man. Straight savages. Straight savages. All right, and they coming with fire. My guy Val be coming with fire. Everybody coming with fire. Sir Tune, everybody. Jesse, Song, Boycott, everybody brings fire, man. And a lot of what Randy was saying is facts. Everything he said about the Johnsons, the fact that they can't stop meddling. They're always, you know, in the business. They can't get out of the way. It takes with fire, man. It takes with straight fire. I'm going I'm to keep going to these lines. I'm going to come to the chat in just a second. We're going to address some of the things the Savages are saying in the chat. Love going back and forth with folks in there. I believe this is my guy, Bayo, man. I think this is my dude, Bayo. Bayo, I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. I want you to give me your thoughts about Adam Gaze being fired, man. What's up, Joe? Oh, man. What's going on, my friend? What's up? It's an early surprise for 2021. That's what it is, man. It, it, you know, it should have been done weeks ago. Yeah. That that that's surprising. It is, man. They should have done it during Christmas, Christmas weekend. I mean, that thing would have been a present. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you look at this situation like you said. You know, we were all hoping that it would be done earlier. Some of us wanted it done during the season. I've talked about it constantly. But you know, the Johnson stuck with him, and they, they they allowed him to ride out the season. Now he's gone, and we're looking at this situation like, man, we got Joe Douglas here. He's going to figure things out. Um, they're allowing him and our team president Jaime to continue to go forward and find the next uh, head coaching hire. How much faith do you have in Joe Douglas to get it right, man? I feel like the Jets got Joe Douglas for for six years. No, actually, they got him for like I think he has a contract with the Jets for like six years, just so that he mm-hmm. can um, clean up the mess that Joe McCagnan did. So uh, I'm kind of happy about that, but like the Johnson's got to relinquish their like position. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Christopher, yeah, Christopher Johnson has talked about it. Christopher Johnson just, you know, said that, yeah, you know, he's going to have the final say, of course, because he's the owner, but he's also going to allow Joe Douglas, uh, Joe Douglas's opinion, you know, to rank higher. It's going to carry the most weight of anybody again, because he knows football and it's pretty obvious yeah. that he does, you know what I'm saying? So I- I'm hoping that, you know, 
that is he stays true to his word because like you said as well and other callers have talked about too you know keeping you know keeping the johnsons out of meddling in the past has been you know they've been pretty problematic <laughs> we've seen them step into situations yeah. and make decisions that they should not have been making but um i think that they've learned their lesson i think that literally falling flat on your face after hiring adam gaze you calling him a brilliant offensive mind you talking about you know him being a leader, you talking about him coaching to where football is going, you telling the fans that you're trying, you're not trying to win Twitter, but you're trying to win games. All that stuff is stuff that is going to be stuck to you for years unless you find a way to turn things around and become a winner. Because all of the blame, all of it lies directly on your shoulders when you tie yourself to a man like that, when there were better candidates out there. So I'm hoping yep. and I'm thinking because you saw the humility in, in Chris Johnson or you heard the humility, hum, humility in Chris Johnson when he was talking. You could hear how much it pained him to still be a loser because that, that decision, he squarely made it himself. And he didn't, you yeah. know, he couldn't get the job done. It wasn't cutting it. So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, he, yeah, he should have too, because, I mean, you're talking about Joe Douglas, a guy that knows football. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and the fact that um, Christopher Johnson said, "Oh, we're 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 heading to where football is heading, which is down the spiral." I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I, like it, it's like you wanna it's it's like you you wanna um you wanna have like a a physical education professor or teacher teaching a, a math subject and saying. Oh, he's qualified. Next, next, you know, next thing you know, everybody has an F in their in their uh, in their exam. In the class. <laughs> Look, I hear you. I hear you. Even moving forward, talking about you know now that Joe Douglas is on his search, and, and you talked a little bit about you know how you feel about Joe Douglas. Who are some of the guys that you want to come in here, man? Like, who is your top head coaching you know hiring candidate? Um, who do you think is is qualified to come in here and turn the Jets around? Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy. I know okay. everybody been saying Eric Bieniemy is uh, overrated, but I mean, you see, if you put a guy who's a really good offensive coordinator into a into an organization that didn't have any except for like, I mean, we had we had a, a good offensive coordinator that got fired weeks before we even uh, ended the season, which doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I feel like it's a it's a huge upgrade when you're taking uh, when you're thinking about, um, you know, going forward and uh, rebuilding. I, I feel mm-hmm. like Eric Bien the candidate. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think he's a great candidate as well. And my final question for you is: when you look at this situation here uh, with the Jets, how important do you think it is that we strike quickly? Because we've seen other teams in the past kind of get you know, stuck in a situation where they want a guy, but they allow him to get out of the door and he goes somewhere else. We saw this in Arizona where Cliff Kingsbury was wanted by other teams and Arizona did the interview and got him, you know, immediately signed, brought him in, hired him before he could even get out the door. They didn't allow him, you know, to go anywhere else. How important do you think it is for the Jets to strike quickly? I feel like this is like what happened to Le'Veon Bell. Like he didn't have – he didn't have any type of playing time, probably like a few, like, you know, 
few times he played, but like we got rid of him. I feel like that's what the situation is. I mean, we gotta we, we gotta settle for like, you know, like we gotta settle quick. But I, I feel like, you know, like as you bring in the new coach, a new system, yeah. you know, be uh needs to be put in place. And I feel like it might take a couple of games or so for um for like the whole roster to get like accumulated in the system, but I feel well, like well, no, no, no. I'm talking about the hire, the head coaching hire. How how quickly should we strike on the head coaching hire? Like, should we move quickly? Should we be aggressive? What do you think should happen? Should we just weigh our options to all the candidates, or should we just make sure we get the guy we want the guy and immediately, you know, make sure that he's our head coach? Um, we could we could look at like different options, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like if Eric Bieniemy is the is the greatest solution that we had so mm-hmm. far. Then we should go in ahead and uh, and hire him quick, like like get him an interview. Okay. Yeah. Put okay. It, I respect yeah. that. Listen, Bale, I'm I'm gonna let you go, man. I got to get back to these lines. We got a lot to talk about tonight. But you are phenomenal, man. I love speaking to you. You have a good night. All right. You too, man. Thank you so much. Everybody. All right. Thank Eric. you. Everybody support Joe. Thank you so much, man. You have a good night. Listen, Bale calling in with the fire, man. Called in with the fire tonight. So many great callers tonight. My guy, Randy. All right. <laughs> Some Steve calling in. Guys calling in, man. Everybody's excited. It's because the future is bright, man. The future is so bright. I mean, I look at I look at the situation on people. I'm going to get to the savages in a second, but I see people, you know, just asking me the questions like, Joe, what are your thoughts about the coaching candidates? How do you feel about it? Um, I look at this situation like I was speaking about Matt Eberflux, the coach defensive coordinator. Um, you see what he's done with the talent that has been there. Uh, you've seen how he's improved that coach defense. I think, they, um, I think they're ranked like eighth or something or maybe 10th, I think, in scoring and 11th in, in total in like 2018. Um, and I think they're ranked like eighth now um, in total defense. So that, that, that team, it has some talent on it, but, dude, he's risen the level of the talent. And that's something that, you know, we could utilize here. Uh, you look at our defense again. One of tell the best defense, the best coach on the staff for most of the season was our defensive coordinator. But my only question, again, if we bring in a guy that's a defensive guy, who does he have in mind to, you know, put put his staff together? You know, who do you, who does he have on the offensive side of the board that's going to be able to come in here and continue to push and better our young quarterback, whether it be Sam Darnold or whether it be another guy that we move on to? So that'd be my only question if we brought in Matt Eberflus. Now let me tell you, Arthur Smith, Eric B. Uh, Brian DeBow, I'm on board with those guys. Um, Arthur Smith in particular, uh, you look at this situation, what he was able to do with Ryan Tannehill. After Ryan Tannehill was dealing with uh, (laughs) – after Ryan Tannehill was dealing with, uh, you know, Adam Gaze and was put in a horrific situation um, where he was just coached by the worst coach ever, he was able to go to Tennessee and turn things around, and Arthur Smith was a huge part of that. You look at that offense now, they are doing their damn thing. I think they're ranked like second in rushing and fourth in scoring or something like that. Uh, they were third in total offense this year. So they're, they're really getting it together and they've done their thing. And he's been a huge part of that. He's been able to turn around a quarterback's, you know, a quarterback's career. Cause a lot of people literally was like, Ryan Tannehill is, is nothing. He was able to rehab him, get him on his way out there. And now Ryan Tannehill is their franchise quarterback. He's the guy that's in charge of, uh, of the, he's the guy that's in, in, 
uh, at the helm of an offense that is pushing to make the playoffs and go for it. Some, some people even picked them with a Super Bowl. You know, I look at the situation where Eric B., Eric B. is a guy, Chiefs offensive coordinator. I know people say he may have a lack of actual play calling duties, like he doesn't call the plays because Andy Reid does. But, again, he's part of the process. He's the guy that's in that room with him, helping him draw up plays, helping him draw up that weekly game plan. He's the guy that's doing the things out there. So it's not like he's just part of the staff and he just kind of sits around like he's a nobody. No, he is very involved with the offense. He is very involved with putting the offense together. And I think that he should absolutely be a candidate to come in here and turn things around, especially when you're talking about an offense and an offensive coordinator that helped continue to build, groom, and mature a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who you know, is the best quarterback in the league right now. I mean, come on. This is a guy that put a system around him that was a part of putting a system around him to completely have him flourish. You can't excuse that. You can't push that out the way because look at where we're at. We need to find somebody to get us in today's current NFL offense. That's what we got to do. We've got to find somebody that can get us into becoming an offensive juggernaut and an offensively driven league. We need to get somebody that understands how to groom, grow, and mature young quarterbacks. And Eric B. is one of those guys, man. So is Brian DeBoe. Brian DeBoe, I mean, again, Josh Allen, one of the biggest boomer bust prospects in the entire draft that year, you know? Everybody was questioning, yeah, he's got a cannon. He's athletically gifted. But we don't know where the hell that ball's going once it leaves his hand. <laughs> we don't know where it's going. We don't know. You know, I mean, everybody before the draft said that. I remember Jets fans, the second that people even thought about talking about drafting Josh Allen to the Jets. Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no, hell to the no, to the no, no, no. I remember that. I remember that draft. That's That's what they said. Hell no. Don't bring him in here. Look, we either need to go Baker Mayfield, we need to go Sam Darnold, or but do not bring Josh Allen. I remember those takes. And Josh came in. He did have issues. He had issues with his mechanics, his accuracy. It was laughable at one point. But then guess what? They were able to continue to work with him. They were able to fix it. They were able to turn things around, absolutely turn things around for him. He went from being a glorified running back to now an MVP candidate as a quarterback. He went from being a guy with just he's got an arm, he's got a cannon, to being a true thrower from the pocket and still deadly with his feet. And they also were able to put an offensive scheme around him to utilize both of his skill sets. But DeBoe is a big part of that. You know, so the future is bright here. The future is bright. If you still want to call in, it's 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. I'm still taking calls, you know, for, for a little bit. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, man. There's a lot to talk about. And another thing is I look at this situation as well. People are asking me in the chat, how do you feel about, you know, our ranking, Joe? Where do you think that we rank? Let me tell you something. I look at the Jags. I look at the Chargers. I look at the Texans. I look at the Lions. I look at the Falcons. And I think we probably rank either second or third. Um, of course, everybody ranks the Jags and the Chargers ahead of us uh, because, you know, the Jags have that cap space. They also have, um, you know, that, that number one pick. But they also have some issues of ownership as well. Um, the owner has also came out and talked about how he's going to continue to have control of the roster. I don't know if that's going to be as attractive a spot for a head coach. We all know head coaches want to come in. You know, they want to make sure that they have their choice in their pick. They want to be able to work with somebody. That may be something that kind of pushes head coaches away. 
you know, where they may not have any say at all with who you may bring in a draft. That could be a problem there. Um, so I think I have us ranked either second or third, honestly. Honestly, I do, because the Chargers is a great spot. I think they would be ahead of us. So, you know, there's some things in that. Even the Texans, the Texans have some issues too. I like the Texans quite a bit. I like what they bring to the table, but they got some cap hill. <laughs> and, they, and the only thing they have is Watson, and they don't have many draft picks either coming up. So, uh, you know, there could be there could be some issues there. So there's the, there's some space for us to really get in there and be an attractive spot for a head coach that wants to come in here and really make his mark. You know, we're a franchise that's hungry, that's looking, you know, for wins. We've got cap space. We've got a young quarterback. If you don't want to move forward with Sam Darnold, we have the number two pick in the, in the draft. We have so much. We have a, quite a bit of cap, a draft capital as well next year too. So we've got a lot of stuff going on here. We really, really do. I'm going to get back to these lines in just a second. Um, you know, but my thing is I'd like to see the Jets be aggressive early, get aggressive, and strike fast. I do not want to see us miss out on candidates because we're a little too slow to make the decision. You know, we should have a, a, a list of guys that we want. We should have a list of guys that we have identified can, you know, be a mover and a shaker here, guys that we feel can be able to come in here and really make a change with this franchise and get it done. Because, again, Arizona, there's various other teams that when they had head coaching options or head, coach, head coaching openings, they made that choice quickly. They identified the guy that they wanted, and they got aggressive, and they went in there and took care of business. They did not let him out the building. So 914, I'm coming directly to you. Coming to you, my friend, and then we're going to Val after that. But 914, how are you doing today? What are your thoughts about Adam Gaze being fired, my friend? Oh, um, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you in a song. Hold on. Oh, you, you can't play no music here, my friend. I'm sorry. You're going to have to. <laughs> we lost you, but you can't play any music on here. I apologize. Uh, we're going to go to Val next. My guy Val coming on the line. My guy Val coming on the line. Listen, Val, it's good to hear from you, yeah. my man. How are you feeling today? You know what I'm saying? Another oh, straight savage. <laughs> oh, what are your man. thoughts about How Adam Gaze getting fired, today? my friend? Oh, man. I'm just looking at the news. We are looking for a new head coach. The sky was kind of, you know, it was opening up. It was no clouds. It was sunny today. Man, it's, just, it's a beautiful day. Hey, yeah, we didn't make the playoffs, <laughs> but we got rid of a dark cloud, you know. So it's looking like we are, we're definitely heading into the right direction. I'm loving it. <laughs> okay, okay. Listen, Val, how are you feeling about the words that came out of Chris Johnson's mouth when he talked about, you know, understanding that he's going to allow Joe Douglas and their team president to do the coaching search and that Joe Douglas's opinion was going to weigh more heavily than anyone else's and that he was just going to, he's going to have the final say, he's going to sign off. But Joe Douglas pretty much is going to be the guy that's going to head to head coaching search and he'll just, you know, he's pretty much just going to sign off with, uh, you know, who Joe Douglas picks as long as everything's okay with him. Yep. Because he got to sign the check. So, yeah. Um, I, that's that's great news. That is great news. I'm I'm glad that ownership is actually you know stepping down a little bit because obviously they made a horrible decision, horrible decision by getting yeah. Adam Gase. And you know I feel like you know you got to trust the guy that you you brung in and that could steer this ship around. And you know Joe Douglas he does have a good minded 
of so far of being a good GM. So I will, you should allow that um, GM to actually pick his head coach, you know, so they can build yeah. that relationship when he doesn't select that head coach, that they have the same mindset or that they have the same, you know, future that they, you know, that they're going to plan on doing when he accepts that head coach, whoever he chooses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're speaking facts right there. What type of head coach do you want, man? Because, a, a, you know, he also said he talked about a, having, getting a CEO head coach, a guy that kind of, you know, kind of is like a supervisor of everything on, on the uh, on the team. Some people are talking about, I think, they, that they think the Jets would be better with an offensive-minded head coach. Some people are talking about they think a defensive-minded head coach would be better. Where are you at with that, man? Do you want a CEO? Do you want an offensive mind? Do you want a defensive a defensive guy? What kind of coach do you want to bring into the Jets? Listen, what I want to have as a head coach, I want to have a head coach that have both minds. I want a coach that knows about offense and knows about defense. And, yes, I want him to be that CEO, and we definitely 100% need a leader. We don't need somebody that is just like a um, a person that's going to just manage one side of the field, which is like if, if he's an offense or a defensive coach. Yes, Rex Ryan, he was like a um, – I would say he was more of a leader, but he knew the defense, but he was like little lax on the offense as well. Because, you know, he mm-hmm. couldn't develop a quarterback. We need somebody that knows both sides and to develop a quarterback because we need that quarterback to actually proceed. You see what happened with the Bills. The Bills, they had a coach that basically knew a little bit of both, but he had the right candidates around him. So we need somebody that knows how to have both, both sides of the, um, of the field. Okay. Who's your, who's your top guy, man? Who do you think that the Jets are bringing in? Right now, man, I, I mean, I've been doing a little more research and stuff about these quarterbacks. I'm honestly liking the guy from the tight, um, from the Titans. Sorry, I, I really don't know the names off top of the head, but Arthur the guy Smith. from Go the ahead, Titans. Man. Go ahead, yeah, yeah, we talking football, oh, Arthur bro. That's Smith. Arthur Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Arthur Smith, um, the guy from the Bills, and Eric, um, DeBall, Eric, yeah. uh, yeah, um, Eric from the Chiefs, Eric Benini, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say like Eric. I feel like is he gonna be that leader? Like is he a leader in a way? Like is he is he does he have like experience of being a head coach? You know, a lot of these guys don't they don't have a, a you know the sense of having the that head coach mentality. So we gotta just see if they're gonna be that person. I feel like he is, but um I gotta see both sides. I, I need him to you know to see both sides of you know of his coaching ability. Okay, yeah, I, I respect that. I respect so that. You, you, so those three? are my top three. Okay, so those are your top three. But who who is the who is mm-hmm. the one guy out of all those out of those three? Who's the guy you want the most? The want the most. Okay, I'm gonna say the guy from the Bills because my thing okay. is he's been around mm-hmm. a lot of championship teams. He knows exactly how to win. He knows exactly what the team needs, and he knows how to you know to steer the ship the right way. And I feel like, you know, he's, mm-hmm. you've seen it with Josh um, Josh Allen and stuff. They turned that team around. I mean, we was basically mm-hmm. back in 2017, we was on the same boat as the Bills, and they just, like, steered the ship in the right direction. We, of course, steered the ship in the wrong direction by getting out of the gate. So that set us back two years. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> so I'm definitely mad. We sucked the damn shit. We sure did. 
<laughs> we stunk it, man. We hit a rock. Man. We, 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 we blew a hole. We was like the Titanic. People fell off. We don't know what's going on. We, we stunk the shit, man. <laughs> we like the Titanic, man. It was just going all down, man. We, we was floating. We was floating, you know. <laughs> we just hit a We had life vests on. Man. People trying to survive, man. We sunk the ship. We, we sunk I know. Now, now the sun is starting to come out, you know, so it's starting to warm up. So hopefully we can rebuild the ship and stuff, you know. Ownership is starting yeah. to, you know, <laughs> come to mind and stuff. But, yeah, man, um, I I just hope that we could really just turn this thing around. Yeah. Man, yeah, I'm hoping that we can as well. Um and when you yeah, when you talk about that, um I look at the situation here and I'm starting to, you know, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. If I was a person that wasn't a Jets fan, I'd be like, "Okay, well Jets fans, I know you guys have, you know, dreams of landing one of these top coaching candidates, but what what makes you folks so attractive? Like what exactly about the Jets would make a, a top head coaching candidate want to come there. I mean, there's other teams that have openings that have great spots that have a culture or have a history of winning, at least a more recent history of winning. So that's my question for you, Val is like, what exactly uh-huh. makes the Jets such an attractive organization, such an attractive spot? What could we bring to the table that other teams, you know, may not have, or what could we bring to the table that would even entice another coach to come here? I mean, no, we're not, of course, the sexy pick and stuff like that as a head coach to come here. I would say the ownership is starting to wake up. I would say that we do have a good GM that is well-respected. A lot of people, was, you know, when he before he got hired, were saying this is the guy. You know, he is very smart, and you see ownership mm-hmm. is starting to give him a little bit more power. So I would say that would, you know, is more attractive as well. We do have a, a, a quarterback that is 22 years old, you know, he's on his third year. Yes, they said that, you know, if you do want him, we will – it's basically – it's Joe Douglas. If you – you know, if you like Joe Douglas and, you, and you're, and you like, you know, on the same um, page on page with him and stuff, I, I would think, mm-hmm. you know, he would, you know, choose him and stuff. But I feel like, you know, we do have a lot of young talent as well. I feel like we have a lot of cap space. That's number one. Number two, um, I would say we're the second pick in the draft. We do have two picks in this draft in the first round, and we have multiple picks in the future as well, too. So we have some capital. So I, I would say that's the thing that could attract somebody. Okay. You know what? Listen. <laughs> Val, you spoke, you spoke some facts. That was a hell of a take, man. That was a great take right there. You spoke facts because we all those Amen. things could be things that would absolutely attract a head coach to come here. Like you said, the option at quarterback because we have that number two pick, the money, the capital, and like you said, the general manager mm-hmm. as well, being able to work with a competent general manager. That was a great right. take, Val. That was a great take. And so I got to keep going to these lines. But my final question to you, Val, is, how quickly do you think the Jets should strike? Like, are you concerned that we might not be as aggressive as we need to to get the right guy in here? Do you think the Jets should absolutely make sure that they do whatever they can to push the pedal to the metal to get the right guy? Okay. My thing is I wouldn't strike so fast 
but I would strike faster than what we did last time because last time it took us like a, almost a month to find a head coach. Yep. And, we, of course, yep. we ended up with, uh, you know, we lost some coaches and coaches stayed and coaches got signed while we were still waiting. And, you know, we ended up with Adam Gase. And you know how that turned out, <laughs> miserable two years. But I feel like, you know, <laughs> we should take our time a little bit, but we should strike. Yeah. If you have that guy that you think is there, take it, strike at it. And if, you know, yeah. it's up to Joe Douglas. If you feel like he's on the same page as you, I will strike at it. And I, I think yeah. that's my take right there. Yeah, absolutely. Val, listen, man, I want to thank you for calling in, my man. Straight Savage is always good to you. Or it's always good to speak yes, to you, man. You have a good night, my friend. You too, man. And everybody like and subscribe to Joe. And if it was up to Adam Gaze, um, f- um, Frank Gore would have got that five-year extension. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, Val. <laughs> <laughs> All right, salute to you, Val. You have a good night, my friend. Salute, man. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Bro, Val is something else, man. Val is something else. I'm going to get to my guy, Venom G's. Uh, one second, then we're going to go to 862. Uh, but i got to get my savages in the chat, man, because, you know, <laughs> they get crazy in there right now. Uh, S702, salute to you, my friend. S702 in the chat says, the coach that chooses the Jets, will be the most competitive coach. He will want to show everybody, I took the worst team to the top. Absolutely. I think that uh, I think that the next coach that comes up here, and, and again, salute to you, my friends. Good to see you in here. Um, the next coach that comes into New York Jets facility that's hired here is going to be a guy that wants a challenge. He's going to have to be a guy that wants to come in here and turn things around. He's not going to want to be a guy that wants things to come easy. He's going to want to be a guy that, that thinks to himself, you know what? I can go into a place and change the culture. I can go into a place and be that guiding light for, you know, the, the, the franchise that has been one of the most lost franchises in the NFL for, for quite a bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be the guy to turn things around. I'm going to be beloved for it because you will be. If you win here, let me tell you something. If you win in New York, okay, outside of just the spoils of being a winner, you're the media capital of the world. Okay, you'll become something other. <laughs> you'll become something else. Okay, you. I'm telling you, people will absolutely fawn over you. They will fall over you. This fan base is begging for a winner. We're begging to win. If you win here, you will be loved forever. You will be loved forever. Believe me. Okay, I'm gonna keep going to these lines. Venom G's, I'm coming to you, and after that, we're going to A62. Venom G's, my man, how are you feeling today, first and foremost? Second, Yo, what are your I'm, thoughts about I'm, Adam Gaze being fired? That's why I'm happy, man. He's fired, man. <laughs> this is what we all been talking about so long, man. It's well overdue, man. Get him out of here. Man. Yo, I'm just man. so happy. The, the water tastes more better now. My meals are more better now. Everything is better. <laughs> no, everything is much more better, man. <laughs> Venom G said everything. The, the, the sky is brighter. The yes, yes. Are I'm telling you. 
Yeah, <laughs> ever since I got the news yesterday, just everything is better around me. I respect that. I respect that. Everybody's yeah. nice. Everybody's happy about the future of the team, Venom. But I got to ask you this question, man. How much faith do you have in Joe Douglas to get the next head coaching hire right? Because he's going to be the guy that's in charge of searching for the new guy. Yeah, I have a, I have all the faith in the world in Joe, man. I think he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna pick the right guy, man. And, mm-hmm. and I, I know we all talk about the type of head coach that we need in the building. I think we just need somebody that that understands defense or offense, but also still understand clock management and game management as well, too. So. I think that's mm. very important because you you saw what happened with Gates where he was wondering he was in his playbook so much that the the Raiders came and threw that bomb over us and he didn't even know what the hell was going on because he had somebody else yeah. managing the defense. So I think we definitely got to have somebody that could manage both sides of the ball and know what's going on in the time of possessions and know how to run two minute offenses and everything. So. I think it, it, I, yeah. I know Joe Douglas is going to make the right pick. So I know if they give him the lane to do what he has to do, he's going to make the right pick. Okay, okay. If the Jets hire uh, Arthur Smith from the Titans, their offensive coordinator, would you be upset? Oh, man. Mm. Oh, talk man. to me, Venom. Talk to me, talk not, to me Venom. It's not, it's, that's, not, that's not a pick I would like. But okay, it, you know it's not a pick that I would like. But if if he if he services well and he does a great job, I wouldn't mind it. But I, I okay, if who's if your pick? Then? That, who's I'd your rather, pick then, I rather I rather I man I like the bowl from from Buffalo, and mm-hmm. I just have an intuition though that is going to be the guy from the Ravens. I just have an intuition that okay. he's going to reunite with, with you know, I think he's going to reunite with um, Joe Douglas again. And it just seems like he's the second coming of Rex Ryan, and he understands how to control the game because he's just been around so much and he's been in championship squads. And I, I, I think he, I think that's the way that, they're going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we we did okay. enough. Okay. We did enough with offensive coaches, and I think we were more successful mm-hmm. with defensive coaching. So I think we're mm-hmm. going to lean back that way. But how concerned? Okay, so say we do bring him in. How concerned are you that he may not understand or that he doesn't have a plan for the offensive side of the ball? Because, like you said, we had we saw success with Rex Ryan, but we also saw failures on the other side of the ball, right? We, Rex Ryan, yeah, and, as much and, as I love him, he failed to properly develop. Um, he yes. failed to properly develop, you know, Mark Sanchez, and that offense Sanchez, fell off of a yes. cliff. And it seemed like he really didn't and, care about it. So, do you really want to go back down that road when you look at it from that perspective? And I, I think what you do is get brilliant offensive coordinators in and just, you know, make sure they're running your type of scheme that you like, and you're you're still innovative with the game, how it's progressing. And I think you give people mm-hmm. like-minded people that want to win, that want to come in and somebody that's probably from the coaching, the college coaching rank to come up, step up mm-hmm. and, and somebody that you believe in a quarterback, a quarterback coach. So you got to have one of those on staff now 
because they did a disservice mm-hmm. to not have one while Sam was in the building, you know. Okay. So I think, I yeah, think, yeah, that you know, <clears throat> like I, I said, I, I would like the bowl, but you know, I just have an intuition that that's what they're gonna do. Okay, okay. I'm gonna ask you the same question that I asked Val, man. How enticing do you think the Jets are as a position for a new head coach? Because there's a lot of other teams oh, out there that are pretty good and that they have options. I mean, if I'm a new coach, Val, um, excuse me, Venom, if I'm a new coach, Venom, can you sell me on being here? Like, what what, what can you bring to me that these other other teams can't? Why should I be the Jets' and next think, head coach, man? And I think I think Val said it the best, where is the cap space. They have a young quarterback. If you want to bring in a new quarterback, we have draft capital. And even then, like, even – with that, we have the number one, the number two pick. I don't think that you know is is our. It's not like Houston. Houston has no picks. They have nothing you could build around there. Their money is tied up into Watson and JJ Watt. So it's it's. I think we have a really good spot, a landing spot. We have young players that that just need teaching up and. I think it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a great place to to start. I think we're number two or three, right behind Jacksonville. Okay. I think it's just like the draft. I don't think there's anything different, you know. So I think a, a lot of coaches would love to be here. Okay, I, I respect that, Venom. And then my final question uh, before I let you go, Venom, is how quickly do you think the Jets should strike, man? Is this is this a coaching search that you think that they should bring in their top guys immediately and get a guy signed, or do you want to see them, you know, kind of weigh their options and really go through the list thoroughly and you know really go over guys? Because we've seen people miss out in the past, man, doing that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I want them to do their due diligence. That's what mm-hmm. this process is for. Really, really looking and seeing what these guys are about, calling around, seeing what they do well, what they don't do well, and just do their mm-hmm. diligence and get somebody signed really quick because you have to start getting ready, prepared for the free agency and the draft at this point. So you need somebody yeah. in that's, that's going to be like-minded and get on the same page with Joe and just see how this how this roster could pan out. Because I, don't, I, yeah. I think we're, we're going to have to, you know, so many years we dumped into the defense, we're going to have to definitely – supply Sam with some protection or any quarterback else that, that comes through the door. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're speaking facts. Listen, Venom, this is a great call, man. You always call in with the fire and you did tonight as well, man. You always know how to bring it. That's a fact, man. So listen, I want to thank you for calling in again, my friend. And I want you to have a good night. Yo, you too, Joe. Have a good one and a happy new year. All the savages. Happy new year. Peace out. Go ahead. Salute, man. My guy, my guy, listen. Venom calling in with the fire. He always has the fire. Always has the fire, all right? I'm going to keep going to these lines. I'm coming to my guy, man. A62, I'm coming directly to you. I believe this is my old, the old Jets fan. He's calling in. I think this is my guy, the old Jets fan. I wanted you to give me your thoughts on Adam Gaze being fired, my friend. How are you feeling today about that? Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, he was the worst hire since Bruce Coslett or uh, Richie Kotai. Bruce Kotai. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, I'm really happy about it. Uh, mm. The thing that I'm afraid of is that they're going to blow it again. And mm. um, the, I, yeah, I always talk to you about consistency. Consistency is being, you're going to convince to a guy. I always told you that Rex Ryan should never have been fired. Uh, Eric Mangini should never have been fired. Uh, so we're back on the car- coaching carousel again, and that's what makes me afraid. If I was a new coach, would I want to go to an organization that gives you about three to no two to four years to turn an organization around? And uh, obviously, that's mm-hmm. not working. No, well, you know, I hear you. I hear you there. But again, when you look at this uh, head coaching uh, position here, and again, I want to thank you for calling in. I don't think that it's that cut and dry as far as when you look at the situation, I don't think that the Jets organization is asking you to be a Super Bowl winner in three years. I think when you look at the situations and you look at the coaches that we fired in two years, you look at Adam Gaze, you just, you just said it yourself as well. He's the worst head coach that we've had since Rich Cotite, you know, and I wasn't around for yeah. those times, but again, old, you know, older Jets fans like yourself as well, they've echoed the same sentiment. But I'll tell you what, I've seen bad coaches in this league and he is the worst coach in the league by far. And this is not the first yeah, year he's yeah, been the worst coach in the league. You didn't see so Charlie Winner, Lou Holtz. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean so when you look Charlie at the situation, I, I think that new, new coaches are going to look at it and be like, okay, they gave those guys enough time to figure out who they were. And then once they figured out, you know, this wasn't the guy, they moved on from him. Honestly, uh, the Jets, you, you can, you know, most people think they hold on to people for too long especially Adam Gaze. People were calling for him to be fired in week two, and they still didn't fire him. They let him continue on until the end of the well, season. They have so I think tradition of go ahead. letting the, the coach go to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But that's something yeah, that yeah, they so, do that's classic New York Jets because yeah. they don't want to pay their contract out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've been watching since, like I told you, it's like 1968. And mm-hmm. um, as an individual who's been invested in this team for a long, long time, uh, the peak of this team after Weeb Eubank uh, was Bill Parcells and it was Rex Ryan. Mm-hmm. That, that's the peak. That's the peak. Yeah. And, you know, like I watched Sam Darnold play, and I have to say this to you all the time. He's like the best player on the team. And, he makes plays that are amazing, amazing, and then they'll do something mm-hmm. stupid. Well, the stupid mm-hmm. part is where the coaching's supposed to come in, <laughs> and it yeah. bothers yeah. me because, like, like, like I, I tell you all the time, Bill Parcells would have had this team in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're speaking truth right there. Uh, the coaching could be better, and they, and that's where I think they failed Sam as well. Outside of you know, just the roster that was put around him because there was a lot of holes there as well. But Adam Gaze was just not the right coach, and neither was Daryl Loggins. I mean, they didn't even give him a quarterback coach. I mean, there were so many issues, and honestly, the scheme didn't even fit him either. So there was just massive issues, wanna, but the coaching was this? some of the biggest part of it as well. Go ahead. The part that guts to me is that Frank Gore should have been the 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 <laughs> the older gentleman teaching him the, yeah. how to play rather than being yeah. the number one rusher. Yeah. You know, and, and we, we talked about that. He's, 37. He, he's, a, he's, he's ready for social security. And <laughs> the part that bothers me is that he should be the individual teaching the guys 
how to play mm-hmm. as a secondary mm-hmm. coach, and he was the number one rusher on our team. That is insane. Yeah, yeah it is. It's absolutely crazy. But again, that's a you know that's a coaching decision, and even going forward, because now we're in control. We're in the driver's seat. We can fix this situation, especially with us having Joe Douglas here. Who's the coach that you want to see brought in? Who's the guy that you want to see the Jets hire? Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's, it's scary for me to even mention this. Uh, Bill mm-hmm. Cower. Uh, wow, okay. Only the reason okay. why, why I say that is that this game is brought down on two things. I, I, I watch this every week. If you block and tackle, you will win. It's a real simple game. It it really is. You can do all the X's and O's and all these fancy things. If I block you and I tackle you, we Mm -hmm. will win. And when the the, the Jets look at this, they beat the Rams and they beat the Browns back to Mm -hmm. back. So we know they know how to block and tackle, thank God. But it's losing like they did last week. It's a simple game. And if I'm able to physically dominate you, Mikai Becton, I told you, uh, I, I, I haven't seen anybody like this since Orlando Pace. And you mm-hmm. all love the Brickstraw Ferguson. But, yeah, but, but the question, you know, one second, I don't mean to cut you off, but, but the question, the question you have about Bill Cowher, when you're talking about bringing in Bill Cowher, are you concerned that the game possibly is passing by? I mean, he hasn't coached in like, you know, over 10 years. No, because the game still is okay. the same thing. The game is still mm, okay. the same thing. Like, if I would see, being a head coach is not being a coordinator. Being a head coach is being able to get your guys in there and hold them accountable. So mm. if I were him, I would hire the hottest offensive coordinator that's out there. Or even mm. uh, uh, Don Martindale. You know, Wink Martindale in the Boston uh, of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. You mm-hmm. get them in there and you coach the team. I found the worst part about being with Andrew Gaze and any of those coordinators that call their plays is that they're mm-hmm. standing there with a fucking card in their face going, Whoa, whoa, can't curse, can't curse. Play. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Like, oh, can't curse with the family show. They're calling the plays. They're calling the plays mm-hmm. so that subconsciously their defense doesn't see them as their coach. Mm. Okay. okay. So well, Bill look, I respect that. never called a game. Never called a mm. game. He had Bill Belichick and Ron Earhart, which, by the way, if you haven't really research him, one of the great offensive coordinators in NFL history is mm-hmm. that he allowed them to think about this. Ron Earhart's uh, game plan against the 1990 Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl is in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. We had 40 minutes of possession against them. And when I take yeah. a look at uh, someone like Weeb Eubank, I don't know how, uh, if you know how great he was. He was a great uh, coach. Being a coach is not being a coordinator, not calling plays. It's about yeah. holding everybody accountable. That's what Sean Payton is, who's a Bill Parcells person, who, by the way, is with Jim Fossil. You take a look at Bill Belichick. 
the, the uh, I believe in the future the bill the Vince Lombardi Trophy will be changed to the Bill Barcells uh, Bill Belichick uh, yeah. Award. And if yeah. you take a look at it, <laughs> when I, I, I look at this future of the Jets, we yeah. have to settle on somebody. We have to settle on somebody for a decade and just weather the storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I respect your take. You're bringing a fire right now. I got to get going. So, listen, I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. It's always good to speak to you. Next time I have a show, you got to call in. I love talking to you. Uh, every time, every time. And my wife still thinks you're sex- sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, salute to her. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, ma'am. And again, thank you for calling in, my friend. It's always great to speak to him. You know what I'm saying? Salute to you know his wife as well. Uh, love you know um, old Jets fans calling in and just talking Jets and, and and talking about the team. So salute to him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, listen, this has been one heck of a show, folks. Um, been great. Speaking to everyone, listen, this this is the Jets' time. We, we've got to get this, this situation correct. And I think that Joe Douglas is – he's on the right track, man. He's on the right track. And as long as the Johnsons allow him to do his thing and, uh, you know, him and our team president, they're going to find the right guy. I just, again, I want them to strike fast. I want them to be aggressive in their search. They've already sent out requests to guys that I like as well. But I want them to get the right guy in here. And don't once you get the guy in here that you that you covet, the guy that's number one on your list, because I'm pretty sure they have a list of guys that they want. They get the guy that's number one on their list. Don't let that guy out the door, man. Don't let him out the door. Don't do it. We we've seen in the past other teams, they they get the guy that they want in the building, they let him walk out the door and go other places, and he just he goes signs with somebody else and, and flourishes. We cannot let that happen here. We've got to grab the opportunity and take it. We gotta we gotta win this one because this is gonna set us up for years to come. We've gotta win. We've gotta win this head coaching search. This is where it starts. And then we continue to build the foundation as we go into the offseason with free agency and the draft. We've gotta do that. We've gotta get the right guy. Because when you get the wrong guy in here, you end up with an Adam Gaze, man. You end up with an Adam Gaze. That's how you build. That's how you build. So listen, I want to thank everybody for watching tonight. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000 to three zeros. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll is under the bridge, and I will have my Darnold jersey on I'm hoping that they keep him for the future. There's a lot of good things coming, a lot of positivity flowing right now. You know what I'm saying? So I got his jersey. I'm going to keep wearing it. All right? You can also visit the show's Twitter as well, at The Long Beach Joe Show. Uh, go ahead and follow that. Follow you right back. We love going back and forth with folks, um, you know what I'm saying, talking football and everything. I'm also on YouTube as well, at The Long Beach Joe Jets. The Long Beach Joe Jets, you know what I'm saying? Watch my uh, my content on there. Give me a thumbs up. Subscribe. Turn on your notifications. My live streams are on there as well. And if you want to troll me in the comments as well, no issues. I will troll you right back in the comments. No problem whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? And as always, people, when you see me in person, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. All right? 
This is the occasion, man. We got to come together. This is a new beginning for us. So you folks have a good one. Peace.